Hello, everybody. My name is Lenora Swiston, and I am the host of Civically Speaking on CFCR, Saskatoon's community radio station. Callout number is 90.5 FM. So I've got with me in a part four now of the Russian invasion of Ukraine is Christina Cherneski. Christina, can you believe it? We've been here now four rounds plus. I know. I know. And the, the, the deep part in my soul really wanted to not do this, not because I don't enjoy doing this podcast with you, Lenore, obviously, but uh, it's getting to the point where uh, this invasion uh, in Ukraine uh, has started to move lower down in the news cycle, which is disheartening, I think, for many people who are of Ukrainian descent and those who are uh, clearly wondering what's going to happen, you know, with all of the citizens of Ukraine. Um, So it doesn't have that prominence that it once had. And the sad part is that prominence came with a lot of death and a lot of machines and a lot of explosions and a lot of displacement. And there there was sort of that, dare I say, that quote unquote excitement that sort of came with uh, an unrest that many of us had never witnessed this close before in our lives. And so here we are, round four discussing some very important and critical things that are trickling through the media, but could, I don't know, change the trajectory of things. Uh, later on, uh, I forget if it's April or May, um, I'm sure the the experts will fix, uh, fix that for me, but there's a national holiday that comes up in Russia. Uh, it's a big one. Mm-hmm. And um, many people are saying that's a pivotal point. I said May 9th or anyway, Mm-hmm. Um, that's a pivotal point that maybe things could change. We do know that uh, a lot of Russians living within the, the borders of, of Russia are complaining about this war, saying that it's having a profound impact on their livelihoods. And in particular, there was a piece done, and I forget where I saw it. I just mentioned it to you, but it was focusing on artists in Russia who are actually escaping from their country and going elsewhere because they do not agree with this war on Ukrainians and don't want to stay there anymore, don't want to be muzzled by the Russian governments who are, you know, not not permitting them to speak out. So, yeah, a a long way of going around this, Lenore, week Mm -hmm. four for you Mm -hmm. and me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy, you know, and I think we're, we're and we're both getting a little bit like, Okay, what do we talk about? Because there is a lot to talk about. It's not because there isn't a lot to talk about. It's because there's even more to talk about than there ever was. But as you said, the world's moving on while relatives of yours and mine and of others that we know and people that are on the ground that you've been in touch with. I heard today from a colleague in a meeting where she's got cousins that are both doctors in cave and they've had to move out of cave to continue their doctoring because of the circumstances in Kiev. You know, I've got somebody that I've been in touching base with. That's a, that's a shirt tail relative of my family, a cousin, you know, they're still bunkered down. I've said this for two weeks or in week three, they're bunkered down, barely going out because they don't know what the heck, but they want to stay because Mm -hmm. you their home, you know? So you're looking at what's the status of things today. So why don't we queue up to start with, I'm just going to, I'll lead off with just kind of the, the top story right now in the headline, if you just look at any newsfeed, whether it's Google, MSN, or otherwise, 
Here's one from MSN. Russia-Ukraine war. Ukrainian women and girls kept in basement for 25 days by Russian troops with nine now pregnant, says rights official. This is on The Guardian. Okay, The yeah. Guardian is a pretty credible source. It's one of the last yeah. credible sources we have that's checking up on stuff. The crazy thing is, is that what they're saying, you know, as of just a few hours ago, they're exhuming bodies you know, from where we were talking about last time in Wuha, they're talking about all of the kind of, um, you know, what they're finding, who they're finding. Let me say that with all respect, who yeah. they're finding, along with destroyed and burned vehicles. What's more important, they're finding Ukrainian soldiers, they're finding young children and hundreds of civil civilians. So I know you've been on the ground talking to Maron. And so Share with us like with your conversation with Maron and 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 I know you've got a clip that you're going to lead us into. For sure. And um, I did another podcast on my SoundCloud page, yeah. which can be found simply by looking up Christina Cherneski. Well, and of I course, if you can it, spell- and I link it in this podcast, too. Yeah. Just, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. Uh, so I caught up with Maron uh, because I know that he's going away out of Ukraine Uh, for more business, because that's initially why he went to Ukraine anyway. So he's found a window where he can sneak out of Ukraine and go to some other places that he needs to go sort of in the region uh, and then um, come back out. Um, Anyway, so I caught up with him and we were talking about in the podcast about how we have sort of normalized things and how things like, uh, you know, what happened with Will Smith, for example, in Canada or in United States, started to overshadow things. And, and then he talked about, uh, again, how we're, we're sort of losing that, uh, you know, that focus on it, but yet we're seeing divisiveness in other sorts of politics. Take a listen. Yep. And, and that's different in Ukraine right now, because here they're facing a, a reality. It's not a made up problem. It's a real problem. And that's a lesson we can learn uh, we can certainly learn that lesson as Canadians, as Americans, as people living in Western Europe and the Western world, is not to be complacent, not to become complacent with the peace and stability we have. That peace and stability exists because of the democratic traditions that we've brought in and that we've built in our society. And that's why we have that stability. The, you know, and that's the war here. The war is all about you know, totalitarian government versus democracy. So Meron talks about how we are really creating bigger problems for ourselves with this non-news almost, but yet he talks about how intense it is in Russia or in Ukraine rather, and how we could learn lessons from Ukrainians right now who are all working together, different stripes, everything, working together to try to find some resolution to this Lenore um, it's very powerful speaking with Medon Sembaluk because he's humbly there. Uh, and he, you know, be- when he got trapped in Ukraine, he started that uh, charity, Mama Moya, and he's legitimately trying to help out, you know, in while everybody else, you know, while the battle rages on. So I'm always glad when I can connect with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and thank you. Thank you for sharing the clips. And there is a promo out for Christina Cherneski and her podcast that she is. We're tag teaming here between Civically Speaking and Christina Cherneski's SoundCloud, you know, where you're doing the podcast for this. And on Thursday, just for those that are tuned in, we're going to be doing a panel uh, discussion with a number of different um, 
people in the know on this issue, including Diane Boyko, yourself, um, Dr. Bohdan Kordan, and a university professor in the School of Edwards Business. So it's uh, I'm looking forward to that. So that's Thursday, Facebook Live um, at seven o'clock. So please, uh, everybody tune into that, and there'll be a recording of that as well. So I want to keep going kind of like we've been doing around the world and just checking in on what is going on today, because what you just shared in that clip and what we've been discussing just as a lead in is that there's a lot of stuff still going on. And there are a lot of nation states that are very interested in this, because while we may be going back to a so-called normal, though I don't know what normal is anymore between this. I, I don't COVID, know. I don't, yeah. Between this and COVID, you know, coming back in a sixth wave to all its glory and all that sort of stuff. I just our world is precarious, so my heart's out to everybody, quite frankly. Yeah. But let's say this: in you, could you imagine us yet again, as we keep giving context to people, that we think that this is so far removed, and it's not. You know, we think that we are so protected here, but are we? And I think the whole notion around what's happening in Ukraine amplifies the fact that we are on a precipice here of a nation state under the leadership of Putin, you know, trying to annihilate that, you know, culture, and he's not stopping there. So now that it leads us to what our country is doing right now, because they're not stopping in terms of actions they're trying to take while preventing the guy from putting his finger on the big red button, which is the biggest fear of all. So what's going uh, on um, in the world, Christina? Well, there, there's there's a bit, but um, what really caught my eye today, and I was really pleased to see this, is that there's actually a leader that went and spoke with Putin today on this day that you and I are recording uh, this yeah. podcast. Yeah. So it was Austrian Chancellor Karl Niehammer, and he he visited uh, Russian President Vladimir Putin and told him to stop it, like to end the world. He said no one, or end the war rather, not the world. Uh, he said no one is is going to win. And his quote is, this war needs to end because in war, both sides can only lose. And he also reminded him, and we've been speaking about the city of Bucha. Uh, he said that the people responsible, and it's very clearly the Russians, will be held to account and brought up the whole issue of war crimes and uh, and other atrocities that have been committed by the Russian military. It's important that we, we note that because um, he had he was the one who actually went out and, and spoke out that loud against Putin almost directly to his face or in the same room and coming from Austria you know which is which is yeah. an important an important situation yes. so there's there's definitely that uh, there was a, a major news conference that happened today um, where the uh, the European member Austria supporting sanctions against Russia. But you brought this up earlier. Speaking of sanctions, Canada again spoke out again about sanctions against Russia too. Yeah. yeah. And so what Canada is doing is just saying that, you know, they're always going to stand next to Ukraine. You know, they're aligning with a lot of the EU and other and other nation states that make up that. And they also just said that they're putting a freeze and prohibitions on entities, including all kinds of, of kind of supports that were at one point making their way to Russia. <laughs> so think about that, yeah, is that they're putting new sanctions to impose restrictions on 33 entities in the Russian defense sector. And, you know, and as we shared on the show a couple of shows ago, was that like Canada 
does do a lot of manufacturing in the defense industry, in the defense sector, you know, and we've got a lot of different corporations involved in that. And so those corporations now they're saying, no, no, you're not going to be doing anything in Russia anytime soon. So that is continuing along with imposing sanctions on 700 individuals and entities from Belarus, Ukraine and Russia um, in terms of anybody that's touching with Russia. And uh, France announced uh, yesterday that they're expelling six Russians, uh, that they have the suspicions as working as spies uh, under diplomatic cover in France. So the, so people are, are, you know, countries are kind of drawing the line here. Um, uh, there are there's rumors that Russian rebel forces will intensify their battle against Ukraine. Uh, and that's just coming out today. I'm looking at um, some Al Jazeera headlines, which, yeah. believe it or not, I do actually trust some of the stuff that comes out of here. Uh, and Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, says it's it's hard to count the numbers of Ukrainians <laughs> who have been killed. Uh, and he's he's using phrases like tens of thousands. Yeah. And that's only in certain areas like Mariupol, for example. Like yeah. I can't even imagine the the tragedy that's. Uh, befallen all across Ukraine. But uh, Sergei Lavrov, uh, the foreign minister in Russia, says Russia will not pause any offensive for further talks with Ukraine. So the, it's we're back at where we were at the beginning of March. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here we are in April, you know, what is it, 11, April, 12? 11, yeah, 11, 12. Yeah, yeah um, that they're, they're not stopping, Russia is not stopping this. And it takes us right back to our original conversation. Uh, what has to be done then? Because we're seeing the sanctions. We're hearing about, you know, expelling of spies, you know, from different countries. Uh, you know, we hear from Russians who are, some are leaving, some are complaining, some don't care. Uh, we hear the stories from Ukraine uh, about the tragedy that's befallen. But w- w- how was how this stopped now, a month and a half longer in to this entire event, Lenore? I don't, I don't have, I don't feel like I have any answers. I don't think we do have any answers. I think we have a lot of questions. And I think there's a lot of, um, you know, what, what everybody is suggesting is Russia's move next is that they're reassembling. They've got a new lead chief of their army. He's the guy that was in Syria. He led all of that. Not good stuff, including gas using chemical warfare. I know you've got a clip, you know, you've got a, a bit more on that. But I mean, so you have somebody, you know, you have Russia that's pivoting, not pivoting, continuing. They're regrouping. They're going, okay, we tried this. And the resistance was bigger than we thought. We tried this and we thought the nation states wouldn't get on side. And now they're even getting more PO'd, you know, because now you've got the EU and you've got the Western alliance that's starting to kind of align more and more and more to a degree, but still a little pensive, right? Like they're not saying it'll be a no-fly zone. They're not saying we'll go in and fight, but they're shipping a lot of stuff and in behind the scenes and alongside without calling themselves formally, they're doing that. So now they're saying Russia, you know, Putin, he's purging all of the people that he thinks that 
are not of service to him. So they, you know, on some of the reports coming out of the Guardian and, and ABC and NBC and the Daily Mail out of the UK are saying, you know, 150 security officials were punted out by Putin because he's nervous about what's going on there. You know, you've got the Intel USA intelligence saying that he's regrouping to go back into Donbass, the easternmost region in Ukraine, and, and bunkering it down and cleaning it out again before they regroup to take Kiev. So I think that's what's going on. You've got France, who's in the middle of, a, of an election. They're having a runoff. So here's the one guy that was on the phone with Putin trying to make some sense, realizing it's not working anymore. And now he's got to pivot himself back to his own country to see if he can that's be right. You know, to do that again. You, but you have Hungary. Let's not forget about that. They just had the election. Yeah. We, we left off on the last show. The guy got back in into Hungary and he's pro-Russian. And he's there, you know, right next door to Poland saying, I am, you know, I'm a, I'm a Russian advocate. So what do we do with that? So, you know, for as much as we want to say there's there's a big team of people that are aligned, there are all Putin does have his friends. And there's also people that are just standing by waiting to see which way the wind goes in terms of what their next move is. In the meantime, you have a civilization that's being obliterated. You know, and every day things are happening. Bombs are dropping. Drones are flying. Jets are going. Missiles are flying. And they're trying their best with people just kind of trying to get in there to go ahead. While on the other end of it, the humanitarian efforts that we're involved with continue. And some corridors have happened. So carry on from there, Christina, because there's a lot of kind of movement on the ground. But you're right. To what end? To what end? But you're, you're right. And I just caught this as well today. Uh, there, today, well, to date, there's been uh, 4,354 people, that's an AP citation, were evacuated from Ukrainian cities through humanitarian corridors. Uh, and there were well over 500 from Mariupol and um, and then thousands of others. But as as we've said that, and we're seeing stories from all over the world where Ukrainian refugees are uh, landing in different communities, that's happening right here in Saskatoon, a lot in Edmonton, uh, many in Toronto as well that I, I keep an eye on, my cities that I keep an eye on, um, and throughout United States as well. So people are being evacuated, but many are still going home. Many are still going back to their cities yeah. in Kiev. Yeah, or they've yeah. they've gone to sort of resort cities in western Ukraine and now are starting to trickle back to their communities because the uh, I, and I know we talked about this last week but they're still doing it because they they want to go home they yeah. don't want this war and they're prepared to die literally yeah. um if if that's the case and so that's the part that makes me sad and happy happy that uh, that the humanitarian aid is moving forward, that c- communities across the world are opening up their doors. Hats off to Poland for all the work they've done, of course. Uh, and then the sadness is that many people are are leaving um, with the mind that they are going back, that they are not the immigrants that our grandparents and great-grandparents were. Uh, they're, they're not going to be doing that. Um, and that, and again, it just, you know, in this moment of sort of deep passion for my country, for Ukraina, 
I think, why, why is this necessary? Why is it happening? And uh, why won't it end? And how could it possibly end? Because no one, it seems no one is going to blink. Between Zelensky and Putin, I don't see anybody blinking. Well, and we, you know, one of the um, people that's really been kind of speaking up about this, just practically on everybody's kind of, you know, the main commentators are interviewing her, Fiona Hill. You know, so she was somebody that's kind of been the on the ground person for the United States, born in the UK, you know, scholar and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, she's the one who's been trying to, you know, knows Putin, you know, has been in Russia. And, you know, when asked by the New York Times and other um, such kind of news agencies for her perspective on where this is going, what does she say? She says, I don't see this as ending soon. I see this as going for a long time. And I don't know what the solution will be. And then there's the debate about whether we are in a state of where there should be concessions by by Ukraine in terms of NATO and otherwise. But, you know, you've got you've got Zelensky that's saying, look, this is my all darn country. And with that means that what are we supposed to do? Just concede our lands because somebody's being right. the bully in the park, you know, or do we or do we say, hey, rest of the world, do you really want to see this happen? Because if he does this here, he's going to keep going. And the underscore of Fiona is that you get that impression from her too, is that, you know, he's this, the world view of Putin is such that he wants to be that figure in the 21st century that shook the world up and did what he thought was best and right. You know, and there are others that are, you know, quietly aligning or otherwise that are advocating on him. And then there's the whole discussion in the States about what's going on and about, you know, again, the alliance in some weird, strange way between Trump and Putin in terms of Trump's fanfare for Putin in some way. And what does that mean? You know, so it's going to be really, really interesting as we go into midterms of the USA, you know, kind of the interference that's going on there, what the right does with this, because if they start aligning with Putin, what the heck are they staying in the States? I mean, that would be a rational thing they could do based on their own kind of, you know, go back to Lincoln times (laughs) and freedom, you know, and justice for all. So it's going to be a very, very interesting uh, dynamic that's going to put itself forward. So, you know, I don't know where this is going to go, but we need to keep watching because if we think that it's not impacting us, it is. It is. It, it very, it very much is. Um, and it's taken a, a toll, a much different sort of toll, obviously, uh, on, on Ukrainian communities worldwide who are try- struggling to, to do everything possible, uh, to help out. So, um, you know, Slava Ukraini, as we say, and, uh, We'll keep on praying. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, thanks for joining the show. Christina Jernesky has been with me today on Civically Speaking here on CFCR on 90.5 FM in Saskatoon. This is a podcast version of something that's aired regularly on Tuesdays at 6.30 on CFCR. If you haven't got your membership for CFCR, CFCR yet, please do. Always promoting that. It's our membership month and also a promotion to tune into Christina Trinesky's, um podcast and also to stay tuned for the for our um, um, panel session that we're hosting on Facebook 
on Thursday evening at seven o'clock by um, a number of different channels, including Civically Speaking, No Saskat, No YXC, and Voice of Saskatoon. So take care. I just want to close this show by thanking everybody for tuning in. We uh, had a little bit of distractions on today's show, so it kind of ran a little bit uh, short. And so I want to take these last few minutes just to say thank you for tuning in to Civically Speaking, for supporting Community Radio, for becoming a member for those who are able to CFCR by simply just going online and uh, clicking on the membership option for this month uh, that is on our front page, and for the donations that you make during our annual campaign, and most importantly, by just tuning in to this show and others, Um, here in Saskatoon on CFCR 90.5. I also want to give you a bit of an update on what's going to be coming up um, for this show. As you know, I've been spending a lot of time, and Christina Cherneski and I will keep going with our coverage of the Ukraine invasion by Russia. So the invasion of Ukraine by Russia, or the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Because, as we said, it's an important geopolitical war that is going on. It is not to take away from any of the other atrocities that are happening across and around the world, and also here at home. We'll be exploring those in in this show as we have. The intention of this show is also to get to some of the news that's happening locally. Behind the Curtain with David Curtin. This time, in this episode, in this season, we'll be um, going around with his colleagues, his fellow councillors, and having discussions with them, and hopefully the mayor too, on what are the key issues going on in their wards, and then by extension to that of the city. So you can look forward to that beginning in May. I'm also going to be reaching out and have reached out to colleagues, as I've shared before, that are in the planning field from around the world. That also will be happening uh, as we're able to on this show. Additionally, I also want to amplify the importance of atrocities that have happened locally and the healing that is taking place and tell the stories of what's going on with respect to truth and reconciliation and the calls for justice around the missing and murdered Indigenous women, girls, and Two-Spirited Plus. This is important. These are civic issues. These things matter. So I appreciate everybody for tuning in to shows like this, where we can dig and dig a little deeper, where we can explore and explore a little further, and where we can, you know, have some thoughtful kind of considerations in terms of this. We won't always agree, and that's okay. We will try to broadcast out what we learn and share. They are opinions. Some of it is by the retelling of facts that we, had to the best of our knowledge, are able to glean from our resources that are also coming from the new sources that are out there that we find that are quite credible, credible um, and by, by listening to each other most importantly. So with that, I just want to thank everybody again for tuning into Civically Speaking, for supporting shows like this on community radio, like CFCR 90.5 FM in Saskatoon, and to the support of all local um, efforts that are underway in communities. So take care, everyone. Be safe out there. Be well.